Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. Today on the Ether, Camelot and Stride, cross-chain liquid staking and liquidity on Arbitrum, hosted by the Axelar Network. Let's take a listen. All right. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Axelar's Twitter space, where we'll be talking about cross-chain liquid staking and liquidity across Arbitrum and Cosmos ecosystem. My name's Galen on a content team at Axelar. And I know we got Iron Boots here. Hey, Iron Boots. Hello, sir. How are you? Well, thanks. I'm well. Welcome. Welcome to the space from the Camelot world. How was your journey? <laughs> It's uh, it's been a long journey, but uh, no, it's good. It's good. It's uh, it's always good to speak with uh, new teams, and yeah, I think this is the first call we've done together. So uh, excited, excited to speak uh, with people that aren't permanently on Arbitrum. That makes a change. Yeah, well, it's, you know, there's definitely enough going on in Arbitrum. You could probably fill up your calendar pretty quick. Uh, but no, it's great to to do this kind of uh, cross ecosystem thing. Hope we get a lot of uh, folks from both sides in the audience. I think we've got. Um, let's see, we've got one more. We've got a speaker from Stride joining. Uh, here we go. Here's Michelle. Great. Uh, let me add a speaker. That should work. It's always a roll of the dice with Twitter spaces. Hey, Michelle, can you hear us all right? I can hear you great. Can you guys hear me? Awesome. Loud and clear. That's great. Well, without further ado, then, let's get started. We can just start the conversation, and people will roll in. I guess if um, if folks are listening and a question comes up, don't be shy. Raise your hand. I'll try to get you up on stage for a question as we go through. Um, again, uh, my name is Galen. here from the Axelar team. Uh, Axelar is a Secure cross-chain communication network that connects, I think at this point, over uh, nearly 40 chains, uh, including uh, many in the Cosmos ecosystem and um, and well beyond. Um, and we've got here uh, guests on the AMA from Camelot, which is a DEX on Arbitrum, and from Stride, which is a liquid staking protocol uh, that is expanding into the cross-chain, into the interchain, uh, based in the Cosmos ecosystem. So without any further sort of uh, uh, talking on a turn on those two projects, let me let them introduce themselves. Iron Boots, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about uh, Camelot Dex and about the Arbitrum ecosystem. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm Mind Boots. Um, the quickest way I describe my role is I do everything that the devs don't like doing. Um, so yeah, we're a pretty small team, but uh, we launched on Arbitrum back in November, December, which was like uh, a few years ago at this point. But yeah, I think uh, 
to summarize what Camelot is, I mean, everybody knows what a DEX is, but I think we really just wanted to try and bring um, a pretty fresh approach to DEXs and to move as far away as possible from being kind of uh, a yield farm, which unfortunately is kind of what most DEXs uh, operate as. And yeah, really try and become like this ecosystem hub. I think the truth is like m most protocols that have tokens genuinely just want somewhere where they can build long-term liquidity in a relatively sustainable way. And that was kind of the philosophy of how we built Camelot. Um, so yeah, we've been very fortunate to grow quite quickly uh, and to try a few different things, like just in terms of how the protocol was built, but with the tokenomics and just how we structure things in general. So um, yeah, I'd like to think we've we've tried at least a little bit to 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 push the evolution of DEXs. And yeah, I guess what we'll go into today is how uh, how that kind of naturally touched on then bringing some new guys onto Arbitrum itself, uh, which, yeah, specifically Cosmos. So so yeah, hopefully that gives at least a high-level overview of, of what we're trying to do. And yeah, like I say, really just trying to be that hub on, on Arbitrum um, where kind of most of the big protocols, most of the new protocols, uh, fortunately land up on Camelot uh, to build their liquidity, and the the largest I think uh, spot decks at least on on Arbitrum right now, if I'm not mistaken, is that is that right? It depends what day you look, and it depends <laughs> what number you look at. But uh, I would I would say yeah, we we I'd say we're definitely the na the the largest native one. I mean TVL comes and goes, but I'd say our volume's pretty consistent. Um, so yeah, cool, great. Well, glad to have you all here, and. Um, yeah, excited to to sort of hear more about that vision and kind of how it extends into a cross chain vision as well. Uh, Vishal, what, let's uh, let's hear about Stride a little bit. I think you know, uh, as as Iron Boots said, right? Everybody knows what a Dex is, but I I don't know if everybody knows uh, what liquid staking is. So maybe you know, starting from the from the basics, a little explain like I'm five might be warranted here. But but you go ahead, let, tell us about Stride and about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Kale. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so maybe let's start with kind of what what uh, what the problem is liquid staking solved, or kind of what the status quo is. So if you look at Cosmos uh, in general, it has a lot of really exciting, innovative tech. Um, there's all sorts of really cool app chains being built, and all sorts of really great innovation. But DeFi overall is very low in Cosmos relative to other ecosystems. Um, look at like the TVL in Cosmos relative market cap; it's uh, probably the lowest in all crypto, I would say. Um, and I think that that's really because of what we call the DeFi hurdle rate. And what that means is uh, if I have a Cosmos token, let's say Juno, um, I can either choose to stake my Juno, and by staking it, I support the network, I increase network security, I show my long-term faith in the project. You know, there's all these benefits I get from staking it. Um, and on the alternative end, I can go use that in DeFi applications on Juno. So I can go put that into AMS, I can go put that into lending protocols, etc. But I have this very clear trade-off. I can only do one, uh, one of either of these things. Um, and the thing that makes uh, DeFi really challenging when you have uh, a bunch of L1s like Cosmos is that the, the yields for staking are incredibly high. Look at Osmosis, it's around like 20%, you know, 30. Atmos is 80%, the Cosmos Hub is 20%. And so you have all these chains with really high staking yields, and it makes it really challenging to get tokens into DeFi because everyone wants to support the, their favorite chain. Um, what liquid staking does at a really high level is remove this trade-off. So you no longer have to choose between staking and supporting your chain and using those tokens in DeFi. Um, and how, how exactly does it do it? 
Um, the way Stride works is you give your tokens, or it's true for any LST, you give your tokens to the liquid staking provider, like Stride, so you give your Atom to Stride. And what Stride does is uh, stakes that Atom for you with its own uh, kind of chosen validator set, and it gives you back a receipt, another token called ST Atom. And what happens is the ST Atom gives you a claim on all of the Atom that Stride has staked. And Stride will, every six hours, auto-compound that, that atom, will make sure it grows, will make sure the validators don't get slashed, will handle all that complexity for you. And as long as you're holding the SC atom token, you can uh, realize all of the staking yield of atom. But because SC atom is just a token, you can go and use that anywhere you'd like in crypto. So, for example, you can go deposit that into an AMM. You can go move that into a lending protocol and take out a loan against your SC atom. You could actually mint a stable coin against your SC atom. Um, there's really uh, no limit to what you can do. And what you see now is you're not even restricted to keeping that SC atom within Cosmos. You can export it all throughout crypto, for example, uh, to, to Arbitrum, to, to Camelot. And so it, it, it's, it's really quite exciting. And then very quickly, just how Stride maybe differs from other liquid staking providers in crypto. So most liquid staking providers in crypto operate on basically a, a multi-state type model. So imagine you have a blockchain, you have the blockchain layer, then you have like the application layer sitting on top of the blockchain. Most liquid staking protocols operate in that application layer. So that has some multi-state or smart contract that will route funds and stake. But as a result, there's um, some kind of trust assumptions built in. The way Stride works is it's actually its own blockchain. And the blockchain is what we call minimal and that it has very little functionality. In fact, the only thing the Stride blockchain does is liquid stake on other blockchains. But there's all sorts of kind of benefits that you get from making it a blockchain. Two really quick ones just to highlight. Um, it's, it's very trustless. So there's no kind of multi-sig on Stride that can uh, affect code or do unilateral upgrade or like move user funds. And so you really uh, can have faith in the, the validator set and you don't really have to have much trust beyond that. And the second benefit uh, that Stride gets is because the blockchain is only geared around liquid staking, we can do a lot of optimizations around the safety of the protocol. So for example, we run checks at the beginning of every single block on the blockchain that run a bunch of health checks to make sure liquid staking is still working properly. And if not, we start basically uh, trying to heal any sort of bugs that might have happened. Um, but luckily, it's never happened yet, but we can do all sorts of kind of really interesting um, interesting things on, on the L1 layer. But yeah, long story short, liquid staking basically tokenizes uh, a user's stakes. So if you have, you know, Adam or Osmo or ETH, um, you can get back a token that you can go move wherever you want, but it still accrues the staking room. If you uh, if you think about it in a sort of a TradFi kind of terms, right, it's like uh, Cosmos is like a high interest rate uh, environment. And, and what you're doing is you're creating derivatives that enable people to take some of the, the deposits. They're, they're making deposits and earning on their favorite chains, as you said, right? And, and, um, and, and, and take those and, and, and make use of those derivatives in other environments. And I think there's like a couple of, of questions that are really interesting to me. You know, one is kind of what does that mean in this specific integration between Stride and Camelot? And how, how is that working? Just on, the, on a practical level, I want to get into that next. But I think as we go through the conversation here, I mean, there's a couple of questions on my mind. You know, one is like, why? How is, for example, Adam useful outside the Cosmos ecosystem? I mean, 
you know, I think <laughs> how is Adam useful inside the Cosmos ecosystem is a whole other conversation. But let's talk about how like a, a Cosmos uh, ecosystem token can be useful outside of the Cosmos ecosystem. And I think as as Iron Boots said early on, like not just as a yield farming context, right? But what's the what is the utility of these um, of these tokens in an interchain context? And then I think, you know, as, as you may have just have touched on a little bit there, Vishal, some of the um, the questions of um, uh, of of kind of risk or or you know situations that might emerge there uh, through liquid staking. I think, of course, you know, in, in any in any protocol, there's technology risk. Um, but but uh, you know, in addition, I think in some of these cases, there are sort of economic risks that are still being understood and discussed. And you know, some of the people who are joining here may have read Vitalik's post uh, earlier in the week, uh, or I don't know, yesterday. I don't know. T- time isn't real. Um, only block time is real. The uh, the the post discussing some of the risks involved in um, in putting too much too many too many expectations on, especially on the social layer, uh, when it comes to um, to some of these sort of rehypothecating of uh, of proof of stake assets. So um, anyway, just to sort of that's some of the topics I think you know we can get into here. And of course, you know, we're interested to kind of take the conversation wherever it may go, uh, including you know anything that that. Um, you know, the folks may raise from the um, from the ground up here. If, if questions come up, by all means, please do raise a hand. Uh, we'll get folks promoted onto the stage for a question. Um, so, with that said, let me um, let me just open that up, maybe to start with Iron Boots and say, like, you know, kind of what what does you know what does uh, uh, ST Atom, which is the the um, the staking asset. I, I don't know if I'm. You can correct me if I'm saying that wrong, Michelle. Um, if I should say Statum. Uh, instead, but what does ST Atom uh, uh, do in the in the Camelot ecosystem, and what does like bringing in an asset uh, in a cross chain way like that kind of add to to what what utility is available to users on Camelot? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think for us, like we try and be very selective over what tokens and what liquidity we do actually incentivize. Um, you know, and I think kind of that is the the inherent pitfall of a lot of other dexes is that they just kind of do this spray and pray approach for tokens that don't necessarily make sense. Um, but I think for us, like I've always had a soft spot for the Cosmos ecosystem. And I think generally speaking, if you're looking at kind of like L1 or other L2 tokens going to another chain, it doesn't normally make sense, right? Like if I'm on Arbitrum, do I really care about like farming Matic or Phantom? Like, the chances are no otherwise like it probably would have happened whereas for cosmos like in my head as well i always viewed it as a very different ecosystem um especially just the way like you actually have staked tokens right like they're not just kind of staked for the sake of it but like they're actual chains with validators so for me it was always like a very different category um and yeah like i i i thought what is the realistically like the the most practical thing we could actually do and that was yeah literally what we've we've started with which is uh kicking off the liquidity for stake down uh on camelot and i i think you know that was the view of like not to do it just for the sake of it because i think you know like there's a lot of things in DeFi where you can always do just for like a headline of like bridging something and spinning up a farm for it like as long as there are incentives you're always going to get some form of TVL, but I thought I think you know we had the the view of like this could genuinely be quite useful because especially with like staked atom. I mean, maybe I have a normie perspective on Cosmos, but like staked atom kind of does re- represent that uh, like proxy on kind of the Cosmos ecosystem and like IBC in general. So for us as like Camelot as Arbitrum Maxis, 
it still seemed like a really nice strategic move to have an asset like that in the ecosystem. And I think, yeah, like as our positioning um, is kind of set up, like as soon as you get some spot liquidity, it does open up those doors to do other stuff with it, right? So like all of the other derivatives and options and stuff like this and lending protocols, like all of those uh, opportunities arise when you have the spot liquidity for it. So yeah, it was kind of like, you know what, like we'll, we'll try a bit of an experiment. Like uh, we haven't really seen any other decks try it. Um, so yeah, I think that was kind of like the the run up into it. And so, yeah, we have a couple hundred K of liquidity and I think as well, like, it's just been super, super interesting to see how the communities interact. And, you know, even if it's not millions of users, it's, it's, I think really interesting to just have different ecosystems cross over. Um, and yeah, I think we learn, we learn something about it. Hopefully like the cosmos guys learn something about it and, um, yeah, hopefully just the beginning. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with all of that. And just to, to add a small bit, one thing I think is really exciting about Adam elsewhere is for, for Cosmos, uh, I think you know on the head, there's all these L1s and cool they're staking, there's all sorts of really cool stuff happening. But uh, the way the Cosmos Hub works is it's meant to be pretty minimal for Adam. You know, it's not meant to have a DAX or any market on the chain itself. But rather, you know, its functions is kind of a center point for Cosmos, maybe a little bit similar to like a Bitcoin of Cosmos. Um, but so as a result, it doesn't have to be traded within Cosmos, you know, like in the same way Bitcoin doesn't have to be traded on Bitcoin. You could have it wrapped on Ethereum and elsewhere where uh, users live and really like to trade. There's really great UX. Um, it's the same thing for Atom. But I think what we've seen historically is anytime Atom can bridge outside of Cosmos, it's a pretty unattractive asset for people to hold as a long-term bet because you lose out on this sort of 20% uh, staking yield per year. So in some sense, you know, you're getting inflated away at 20% per year for holding Atom and um, any sort of uh, other ecosystem of Cosmos. But once you hold SDM, you can kind of start exporting this token all throughout crypto without facing the same sort of trade-off. And I think we're going to see a lot more cross-pollination of uh, communities in crypto um, once when we start doing this. Um, and one, one um, kind of particularly exciting thing I think about SD Adam uh, and other ecosystems is it's, uh, I think, been quite challenging for people in other spaces to get into Cosmos because it requires a different wallet. There's all sorts of kind of complexity involved with so many different chains. And I think the activation energy to get into it is um, a little bit different in the mold of other crypto spaces. But this is a good way for people who already have a base in crypto to get exposure to Cosmos or learn more about the space or even make it part of their long-term crypto holding without having to, you know, jump full in and get a Kepler uh, wallet and, um, you know, manage your multiple seeds. And so it kind of lo lowers that barrier to entry. And uh, as the last thing, you know, exactly what Iron Group said, there's so much cool stuff being built on Arbitrum. And we, like, you know, like lending markets or really advanced DeFi that, uh, you know, ST Adam and Adam can really take advantage of, um, you know, outside of the Cosmos space. Yeah, I hear that. Like, it's um, it's it's a hard choice to make if, you, if you're sort of... Right. In a way, you could think of uh, liquid staking as like a key for probably certainly within Cosmos, right? When you look at some of the yields there, but but um, across the board, a kind of a way to make um, you know anything you might do cross chain look a lot more attractive as an individual user. Uh, you're not you don't sort of have that trade off of giving up the native staking uh, in order to be able to do that. Um, looks like we got a actually a. a question here from the crowd i'm gonna promote sean o'reilly not his real name uh as a speaker here sean uh hope you can hear us hope we can hear you looks like you're still connecting 
Um, but interested to hear what question you might have. Here you go. Sean, what, uh, what's up? What's your question? Sean, can you hear us? All right. Well, I got it, I got it. I got let's it. go okay. back. Oh, hey, hey. All right. It's He's more there. of a, Sean, like a use case question, I guess. Um, Cosmos has native issued USDC coming to the chain through Noble. I guess um, when I was bridging over some USDC, I, it was like $80 from Ethereum. And I just was wondering what everyone kind of thought about that use case. You mean the use case of um, of bridged USDC or, um, or the use case of Ethereum? It'll be a native issued USDC on Cosmos. Yeah. So I guess uh, skipping yeah. that whole step of $80 fees from Ethereum to, to yeah, yeah. USDC. Totally. Um, I guess I can speak to that a little bit, and, and I'm you know certainly interested to hear how um, how that looks from the Camelot perspective, uh, as well as as well as from Stride. Um, but at least from from Axelar's perspective, you know the um, uh, the native USDC you know was announced by Circle um, last fall. Uh, Axelar has been a partner with Circle from the early days on that. Uh, obviously, AXL USDC has had a large role. And that's the wrapped version of USDC that Axelar facilitates cross-chain. Um, that's had a, a large role in the uh, Cosmos ecosystem. Um, I think you know it's likely that most people will prefer uh, a native asset because you eliminate the sort of overhang of a of, of the overhang of risk of, of hanging on to a wrapped asset. You sort of have the 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 bridging the risk that the bridge will break in some way is sort of hanging over you in perpetuity when you're hanging on to a wrapped asset uh so so it seems likely that most people will prefer the the um the native asset the native versions of those and that's happening not just on cosmos by the way but on like a you know a handful of chains that um that circle is going to support in the early going there uh you know axelar's role just in brief on that is providing uh composability alongside those native uh cross-chain assets where you know circle will be handling the um burning and minting that transfers that cross-chain um and uh and axelar uh will be handling logic that comes alongside that burn and mint uh, for example instructions uh for what happens on the other side uh enabling developers to sort of build these kind of um one-click experiences the likes of which you can find on say for example squid uh or prime or other uh, axelar partners like that that are using general message passing um so so you know in short like for us it feels like this is a great you know opportunity for more people to use cross chain like ethereum you know uh, usdc being an ethereum native asset does involve this sort of especially these days lately these uh you know these astronomical fees that are a little rich for most people's blood um it, you know the the ability for more people to transact cross chain to move liquidity cross chain easily seamlessly without without having to endure those fees you know that's that's a win certainly as at least as far as we view it um curious to know kind of you know from a dex perspective iron boots camelot if you're thinking about kind of you know what um you know what that looks like in terms of cross-chain stable coins and the ability to have like natively cross-chain uh, usdc or any other stable uh in the arbitrum ecosystem sure yeah i mean i think from like at least my slash camelot's perspective like we're always uh naturally thinking of like how do we bring stuff in i guess like when we're like that's, I guess, how we're a user of a bridge, right? Because we are just deployed on Arbitrum and probably will be for the foreseeable future. So I think, yeah, like we're always viewing bridges as like a route in to Camelot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think stable is obviously like 
native stables are obviously always going to be like the the most adopted but i think just in terms of like how we think about bridges like yeah i think that's to be honest like the the natural synergy with like ourselves and and you as axala is like yeah you we probably have now had like three teams i think like three cosmos based teams and like you know it's not even like a a question of like what bridge we would use like it was just very naturally like uh just axlar in all those situations you know so i think yeah stride was uh staked out and was really like the first one i think that we actually used but then it was um sommelier uh and then literally yesterday uh Kujira. so you know i think for us like yeah so like and like all those times i think they're using axlar right so i think like there's and I think that's how we try to approach some of these liquidity pools to begin with as well. Of like, it doesn't make sense to just support every single token, but like cross chain use cases will come up when there is a genuine user need for it. And that's going to take a bit of experimentation. Um, and like some things you don't need to go cross chain, but some things you do. And I think, yeah, like that's, that's at least how we have used and like worked with like your bridge specifically to bring like those strategic assets in. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think honestly for us, the bottom line is the, the 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 more we can get away from bridging, right? The more we can sort of leave assets on their native chain and pass messages to coordinate state, uh, you know, the, the better that is for the user. Uh, but certainly there are cases when bridging is warranted and um and you know that kind of um that kind of use is, is supported as well. Uh Vishal, just curious you kind of you know how how uh how you come into this from a liquid staking perspective. Um you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if, you know, I don't know to what extent stable coins are important in a use case like yours, but I'm curious to know kind of your view on the whole picture. Yeah, absolutely. So, so two things. One, I think stable coins is hugely important for LSTs, uh, but also for, for all DeFi. And I think LSTs, the goal is really not to stop with SC Atom as being like the, the end product, rather to you, it, like the, I, I think one of the beautiful things about LSTs is that they make DeFi really composable and it treats staking as just, one building block on your final DeFi strategy. But yeah. most of those strategies, yeah, exactly. But most of those strategies involve, you know, uh, a lot of them involve USCC or you take your profits in USD or you need to, you know, you borrow USD against your, your position. And so it's really helpful, I think, to have USDC come in as part of this building block. But then also, uh, you, I, I think having AWSD really helps uh, DeFi ecosystems flourish in general. Like you give people a lot of confidence to have a safe haven asset in the space, lets them take more familiar positions, um, and it kind of just gets the whole space blooming. And I think that that's something that um, is really helpful for Stride, um, given that we're really indexed, I think, to DeFi uh, in all of Cosmos. And then the, the second kind of more minor point I want to make here is, I think when we see native USCC coming on Cosmos, I think we're going to also start seeing coming to more ecosystems. And I think that this really highlights a little bit more the, the utility of something like Axelor for uh, really native assets, you know? Um, like I think the uh, bridging USCC has been a really great use case for Axelor so far. Um, but I think we're starting to see some incredibly exciting use cases with bridging um, different tokens that have all sorts of utility in their native space to all, all throughout crypto. And yeah. uh, just like Iron Boot said, yeah, I think Axelar has become kind of, or is the def, uh, yeah, actually has become kind of de facto bridge connecting all of crypto. And I think we're gonna, yeah, start seeing a lot more of LSTs getting exported, a lot more utility tokens, um, you know, getting exported all throughout the spaces. And uh, I think it's going to lead to big commingling. Um, one of my favorite parts about crypto is this, you got these incredible senses of community where everyone in these uh, ecosystems has a really uh, amazing shared vision, but it's a little bit fragmented across different ecosystems. And I think 
starting to use Axelar beyond USDC, but bridging all these native assets is going to kind of unify a lot of these uh, uh, somewhat disparate uh, communities. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more with that vision. I think um, it's funny for us, like we've been preaching the like go beyond bridges thing for, for a while, Gen you know, Axelar GMP, the general message passing capability, you know, is, is a vision that, that has been for us since the white paper. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think a lot of people still think cross chain, hey, cross chain equals bridges. And, um, and yeah, it is, you know, it's exciting to see the, the number of assets, the amount of activity expand, because I think that is what leads to like a broader awareness of like what's possible here. Uh, I got, got another uh, listener with a question. Rect Validator in the building. Uh, Rect, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. What's your awesome. question? Um, well, I was curious. I know we're talking about bringing um, Cosmos ecosystem to Arbitrum. What about bringing Arbitrum to you know, the Cosmos ecosystem. I would love to bring Grail over to Kujira uh, um, and mint some USK, you know, or use it for borrowing power or X-Grail. Just curious on your thoughts there. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a, I think, yeah, like we're definitely excited to see what will come uh, next. And I think, I think like everything you mentioned is very cool and stuff that we would love to explore. And I think... That's why, like, even on face value, like, just having an LP, just having some liquidity on Camelot might seem, um, like, quite simple. I mean, it is, but I think, like, that's kind of, like, quite an important and necessary first step to exploring the other stuff. Um, and I think, like, that's the truth as well. Like, you know, you we never viewed in our heads that, like, we would start supporting, like, Stake Datum and then suddenly have, like, 5 million liquidity overnight. But I think you have to start somewhere. And, yeah, like, slowly add in kind of these um like use cases both ways i think you know just gradually doing that really adds up and you eventually find what people want to use and yeah like exactly what you just mentioned for like uh like crushing minting of stuff like that i think that's really i think it's still quite early to start doing stuff like that really smoothly but like yeah with the stuff that axel are doing are doing like the tech is definitely getting to a point where i can imagine that happening um so yeah, I think like it doesn't happen overnight, but I think it's probably not too far away where you can really start to build things like that in in quite a user friendly way. So yeah, I think like just having these LPs, just having kind of these really early relationships starting to be formed now, is um is like a very healthy first step. And uh, yeah, like I think we all have plans to to work with each other a bit more. And you know whether that's like bringing some of the Kujira stuff to to Arbitrum or vice versa. Um, like at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of users on Arbitrum right now, so that's probably uh, like great for some Cosmos exposure. But yeah, likewise, I think would be would be amazing to see Grail on on some IBC chains. That's for sure. So you start to see that point where different communities get to see and and taste the the kind of you know what what's what's good or what you know what's interesting about other ecosystems, right? Um, I think you know people in the Cosmos ecosystem are like. You know, super excited and passionate about what's happening there. Um, you know, it, it's it's easy to sort of get mono focused, but when you can kind of break through the break through the barrier a little bit, try something else out. You, you know, you start to have a a user demand for an experience that is more multi chain and seamless in that way, uh, and that that gets pretty exciting, I think. For sure, yeah, and like that's the thing. Like, I think 
like we're like we i think at least for us as well like we try and admit that we don't know anything <laughs> and like the only the only way is to try and experiment sometimes and like um yeah like maybe you know we and i think that was the goal as well with like even stake down it's like you know maybe we do it and nobody cares maybe like it really opens up the doors to do something really cool and right. but yeah if you don't try you never know and i think it's just exciting that we're able to to even do this stuff now so I, I mean, look, I think it's sometimes the smallest communities, you, you know, that are the most passionate, you know, people aren't necessarily going to to switch platforms because, uh, you know, you offer a slightly better trading experience with, you know, Ether or, or you know, some other widely traded asset. Um, but they might because you have something that, uh, you, you know, some some sort of obscure altcoin that they've just heard of and are getting really interested in and they find that they can trade it with you, you know, they, they might sort of... Um, it might sort of ape in on that kind of uh, impulse, right? That's I think sometimes where the where the where actually the most loyal users are are attracted and and um, and acquired. Let's change subject a little bit. Uh, those are both great questions, actually, and actually very exciting to kind of think about what this kind of not only sort of world for a user where they can kind of see into any chain and participate in any chain, but also like for a developer, you can kind of compose and put that together. And I think as Iron Boots said, like the technology is maybe not quite there yet, but uh, certainly something we at Axelar are working toward. Um, I feel like the, you know, we're, it's very early days infrastructure wise. And um, as we like to say, it's all, it's like, we're trying to, um, you know, it's like, we're trying to use um, uh, uh, email in the 1980s. Uh, or, or you know, uh, trying to trying to use uh, Facebook or or um, uh, some kind of document sharing service uh, in the early 1990s. The, the infrastructure isn't quite there. The use cases are leaping out ahead of it, and um, I hope we, we sort of get to a point where we catch up. But I want to I want to change t- tax a little bit and, and kind of get into this question on liquid staking. Um, and Vishal, this is really a question for you because it, you know there was this. Post uh, a couple of days ago, I'm sure you've read it by Vitalik. Uh, Overloading Ethereum's consensus is the title. If um, you know, folks on the call, if you haven't read it, I, I strongly recommend checking it out. It's it's a pretty good and short read, uh, and um, you know, raises some some questions. I think certainly from my perspective, I've always kind of wondered, okay, what might the pitfalls be? You know, this this seems a little too good to be true, <laughs> and I think I think actually Vitalik did a pretty good job of of sort of blocking out very clearly, like okay, where where at least in his view, you know, this is you know this kind of activity fine, you know, other kinds of activity uh, maybe not. So so Michelle, curious if you have any sort of reaction to that to that post and areas there that that you know in terms of how you think about things at Stride, you know, wh- where do you get it to the point of of where you're kind of compromising potentially the uh, proof of stake security model? Uh, by by allowing people to sort of have their their tokens providing security or or you know providing some kind of activity in multiple contexts. Yeah, absolutely, uh, a, a really fantastic question and really timely. Um, yeah, so, so Vitalik has, has a really excellent post, and I uh, totally agree. If you guys haven't read it already, if anyone has read it, uh, would highly recommend checking it out. It's really uh, it's just quite short and, and pretty easy to follow, and he goes through a lot of the points really well. Um, and you're totally right. Also, it's something we think about uh, very heavily at Stride. And there's a few things that I think distinguish Cosmos from Ethereum and make it a little bit uh, a, a little bit safer. Um, and then a few things that we're doing at Stride also to kind of help, uh, you know, along this process as we start building up more, um, you know, more adoption for LSTs. So the, the first thing is Cosmos is a DPoS. So instead of liquid staking providers like Lido or Rocketpool and Ethereum who have to get their own node operators to run nodes because each node can only run 32 ETH, 
In Cosmos, there's a fixed number of validators. Um, and uh, you know, as a delegator, you just delegate to one of those validators. And the way Stride works is we don't have our own validator. Uh, we instead delegate to the set. Uh, to the set. Um, there is a really important consideration here, though, which is as the liquid staking provider, you have to be really cognizant to make sure that you don't open up uh, attacks effectively where people can um, mint ST Atom, sell it, mint more ST Atom, and keep kind of going through this loop in order to delegate themselves. Uh, so imagine I have a malicious validator. Could I basically do some sort of loop with the liquid staking provider where I uh, gradually increase the voting power on a malicious validator? And we've taken a lot of steps in Stride to kind of make sure that that, that particular um, attack isn't possible. So Stride right now has uh, a very neutrally chosen validator set. It's not chosen by the team. It's chosen kind of by the DAO through this long process. But we've also been exploring recently um, even more resilient ways to delegate in DPLS. Um, one, one thing we've been kicking around, is, for example, is something we call like copy staking, which is uh, should uh, an LSD provider uh, mirror the uh, delegations of not LSDs on that chain. So Stride's Atom validator set, for example, would mirror what the, whatever, what the community is already delegated to. And so we're exploring other ways to kind of um, mitigate this sort of attack vectors. Um, but it's something we think about uh, quite a bit. And then one more thing kind of on this, um, that I think uh, is a little bit different between Cosmos and Ethereum. So for uh, uh, LST adoption overall in Cosmos is quite low. So I think that on the hub, we have something like um, one to one, or only like one and a half percent of all uh, staked atoms, liquid stake. There hasn't been a huge problem for consensus yet, but uh, we actually just worked on a proposal that uh, got accepted to the Cosmos hub that should go live pretty soon, that uh, will initially cap the uh, adoption of liquid staking providers to 25% of voting power. And the idea here isn't for that to be the long-term cap, but rather to take a pause and that happens, see what's happening consensus and get some real-world data. Because um, part of the issue is people have a lot of really compelling theories, but given all this is very new, particularly with DPLS liquid staking, um, where you want to kind of take a little bit slower and make sure everything uh, is functioning clearly. And for example, after we hit 25% uh, voting power, if we realize, oh, a different delegation method is better or more resilient or um, you know, there's this attack vector that's starting to get open, um, we, we, we've room for that to uh, kind of be addressed before it becomes a systematic problem. Um, and then the, the last thing that I think is um, kind of nice about Cosmos is, uh, for, for Stride at least, Stride is going to switch to uh, interchain security, which means that the validator set, like the uh, set of people that control the Stride code, is going to be the Cosmos hub. And it's actually really revolutionary. I think, I think uh, it's kind of one of the first times this type of model has been pursued. But as a result, the Cosmos hub actually will own the security of the Stride blockchain. So it's the exact same validators. And so as a result, you get this kind of uh, really nice check and balance where the Stride protocol can't upload any sort of malicious code or be attacked. And in order to do so, you have to take over the Cosmos hub validator set. So it gives Stride a really, really high security guarantee. And we're working really actively with other people in Cosmos um, like Osmosis, as well as Informal, but a lot of other teams as well, to kind of scale this approach beyond kind of one chain. Um, so yeah, we've been doing a, a lot of things to kind of make sure that the um, security risks that are, are being talked about aren't really an issue, uh, or ho hopefully are going to minimize with Stride. Um, yeah, that answer the question? Yeah, I, no, it's, I think, I mean, there's so much to unpack, right? I mean, like, to begin with, the difference between uh, DPOS and POS, right? Delegated proof of stake and proof of stake is like a, if you, if you actually start to unwrap it a little bit, you're like, oh, okay, wow, that's those are actually two completely different things <laughs> in a lot of ways. 
Of course, we just always use the shorthand proof of stake, uh, and, and that seems fine. Uh, but once you get into these issues of, of governance, um, and, I, and I don't just, when I say governance, I don't just mean, um, you, you know, deciding whether you're going to uh, upgrade or something, but, but also, uh, you know, the sort of day-to-day operation of the network, uh, you know, certainly the differences become, become quite apparent. Uh, and I think I agree 100% the kind of shared security models that are appearing um, in, in, within the Cosmos ecosystem is it, very exciting to see, right? That Cosmos was, I think, the first, uh, you know, proof of stake chain to operate at any scale. And, um, uh, and you know, so was in some ways kind of, at least the way I viewed it at the time, a bit of a test baby uh, to see if, um, if, if that would, uh, you know, if that, if that would work. <laughs> uh and 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 you know now you see kind of new new kind of uh, frontiers and innovations emerging there as well in POS it's, i mean it's super cool um the and then of course you know like kind of i think well, I, I guess the 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 issue that Vitalik was getting into was like when you have this kind of security qu- question where you you're sort of relying on somebody else for, for potentially sort of pooling security between multiple chains like a layer 2 and a layer 1 um but but then you know the, the sort of rock bottom security guarantee is that if things get too fucked up we will uh we'll, we'll just fork the uh we'll fork the base chain and that'll be fine uh and that that maybe is a kind of an assumption that um would be well uh to to stay away from um yeah no i i think i think uh you know fascinating times i guess Maybe one one thing we could kind of you know get into in our last few minutes here. I think it's it's interesting to think about kind of. I mean, obviously you know, sort of within the cosmos ecosystem, doing things uh, in an interoperable way is kind of DNA. What does that look like from an L two? If you could kind of you know, sort of branch out and and sort of think just kind of long term vision. What what do you what do you think uh, Iron Boots? you know, Arbitrum's sort of interchain uh, connections look like in the future? What does that bring? What's the potential? I think we've covered some of the specific benefits for Camelot today. And I know you're, you know, you're, you're focused on building an Arbitrum and are, are, I think, not, you know, looking to sort of expand and put down roots on multiple chains yet. But I think if you, if you sort of think from a, from an Arbitrum ecosystem perspective, what are the benefits of, uh, of interchain connections? And, you know, where might that bring the ecosystem as it, as it grows? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a good question. I think, yeah, like I think from my personal uh, perspective, like I, I always try and stay humble and admit that, yeah, like I, that's why I call myself an arbitrary maxi, not because I'm tribalistic about any other chains, but just because I admit I don't really know much outside of them. So I think like that's kind of the the way we look at it in, in a sense of like if everybody's really trying to find their niche and their market fit, like specifically within apps, because I think at the end of the day, especially like uh, where the market's at at the moment, like apps are what bring the users in and like that's what builds the, the demand, right? Especially when you're in a world where there are eventually going to be hundreds of L1s and L2s, like the apps, I think, are the differentiator. And I think looking at kind of chains through that lens is probably a more uh, longer term way to do it, right? Like, I think everything at this point probably is connected, but like value moves in a very certain way. And I think value just goes to the apps that people want to use. So I think like, yeah, like Camelot, like we've always said from the beginning, we're going to just completely focus on Arbitrum, help the builders here. And I think if 
kind of Cosmos or other chains have the same approach, then you're naturally just going to see the cross-chain flows from that. And then I think maybe in a year or whenever, like when infrastructure and UI and UX is a bit more mature, you'll start to see like these apps that probably do uh, like do actually cross multiple chains at the same time without users even realizing. But I think like, yeah, right now, I think like it's just very necessary that users, um, the builders kind of do just focus on their native domain um, and it just like naturally grow from there. But yeah, I think, you know, like there's things that you can build on, on uh, in Cosmos that like probably aren't suited to Arbitrum or an L2. And that's like the value that comes to, to Arbitrum, right? And yeah, I think that's why Stake Down was like such a nice first natural step because um, like it really fits. Like I say, like having another L2 or like Phantom or Avax, having like their token on Camelot really wouldn't make much sense. But the fact that we did it with Stake Down, I think at least shows like differentiation between the chains. Yeah. Um, like they feel like, you know, different categories. And I think that's, yeah, really cool to to have that on Arbitrum. And yeah, builders go both ways as well, right? So I think, yeah, it's just one of those things where I think it's still very, very early, but um, we, you have to start somewhere and hopefully the efforts we're putting in now kind of do materialize to to some much bigger stuff like later down the road. Yeah, I think Samoye actually that you mentioned earlier is another, um, you know, another Cosmos project that's that's been connected with Camelot is is another great example of like doing something that might be difficult to build on another chain outside of Cosmos, you know, without your own dedicated chain. Um, sure, yeah, exactly, exactly, and like that's the thing, like having liquidity, having your token move across is normally like the first step to expanding as well, right? So I think like like you said, like same with Kajira, like you know, these guys, these chains that like really um build up a base like as their own ibc chain or in cosmos like then bridge into arbitrum like once you've already kind of got an ecosystem once you've already got a community like, that's a very natural next step right and and yeah i like to think that we we can at least help on the arbitrum side of things of of like helping them to get set up here and bringing them the users and the community um different specialties right arbitrum is certainly you know uh, established itself and, and ex, you know sort of accelerated to the head of the pack uh, when it comes to DeFi. I think it, it, it's that that seems to be where a lot of the exciting things are happening. Um, but you know there there are um, other uses as well, right? NFTs, games, you know, and, and things we haven't thought of yet. I certainly hope so. Uh, yeah, and I, 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 it goes both ways. Like I think you know everything's quite cyclical, right? And yeah. I, I mean Arbitrum, yeah, objectively is very strong and has a lot of users and, and demand. But uh, I'm sure like there's some there'll be some point where like the biggest flow is from Arbitrum to a Cosmos chain, you know. So yeah. I, I think, but but yeah, like I don't think you can do both at once. I think you you do have to right, start right. humbly and. Uh, right. Yeah, I think it's 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 a bit of a coincidence that yeah, like all all three of those uh, like Stride, Sommelier, and Kajira have all kind of popped up quite recently. So um, so yeah, maybe it's just a sign a sign of of it being the right time, you know. So I hope so. Vishal, any any sort of I think we're about a time here. Any any sort of last thoughts before we uh, before we ring off? No, not at all. Just thanks so much for hosting the space. And uh, yeah, really excited to see what the future of kind of cross-chain DeFi uh, ends up becoming. You know, I, I've learned so much about Camelot over the last month and I'm really impressed with the space. And um, I think there's, well, one thing I've noticed recently is I feel like there's all sorts of primitives being built in different spaces that are slightly different. 
And uh, now that we're seeing more kind of cross collaboration, I think we're now also seeing explosion in kind of building and come you know, next next bull market. I think the the total suite of products is going to be both encompass Sony more ecosystems, but also just be so, so much better uh, for for users. So I'm really excited, and thanks so much for hosting this, Gil. Yeah. Yeah, very, very glad to bring both of you all in here. Very excited to have Camelot and Stride here for this uh, truly cross-chain conversation. Iron Boots, thanks very much for joining. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. There's a there's still a very juicy uh, staked Atom uh, rep staked ETH pool on Camelot. Just no no, no financial advice, but just, uh, just, be, just be aware. <laughs> just I be aware. I think juicy is safe. <laughs> okay, yeah. The lawyer, the lawyer approved the word juicy. The lawyer approved it. Uh, yeah. Good. All right. Thanks again. Thanks to everybody who joined. Thanks for the great questions too, by the way. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers all. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Camelot and Stride, cross-chain liquid staking and liquidity on Arbitrum, hosted by Axelar. Recorded on Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. principle in like Taoism. there's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something the more like the opposite of what you want like just inevitably it kind of starts to happen there's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something the more like the opposite of what you want inevitably it kind of starts to happen tripping on the bird app listening to nerds flap wondering why the fuck my timeline's so cursed it's like everybody's holding heavy bags in web 3 that's why they can't fly they just drowning in the bird bath fishing for some dry powder watch how we ignite the tower blowing up their bank accounts forgetting how to fight the power y'all don't even realize how deep this shit goes they preaching open sauce but don't listen to the code and now it's mutiny community uprise there's no more humility futility plus size motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal which side the line you bleeding out on when the dust settles motherfucking west side shit needle and noose sticking with my armory yam beta and bruce repping psychedelic artistry believe in the truth like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue gm fam really worth all the effort is it really worth all the fighting and the answer, I think, is a clear no. They started using Zoom, now we finna zoom out Teaching all these plebidites what this game's really all about Little baby bitches when they choose to have fits All you're left with is kibble when you lose all them bits And that kibble's just sawdust, this shit is all rust Not a great look, you're what we call all nuts And I for one did not see that coming Cracking open books, yo, that's a lot of money Meanwhile over here rewiring features More critical thinking, less knee jerk More evolution, less shit coin Preachers pretending to be teachers Y'all just predatory leeches I mean please, just look at the track record A bunch of VC rat fucks Sucking up the cheddar, the recipe is two steps Rinse and repeat, now we all in your butts And we bring in receipts GM fam, have a seat If you're listening to this, my, my plea to you, you would be like don't have, don't, don't have to take a side on it Just say like, is it really, is it really worth this war of attrition? It might cost us a lot more than what can be gained by like fighting this to the better end. And sometimes it's better to just like 
Move on. Ten spaces.